Hello, and welcome to the Marketing Experiments Web Clinic Audio Replay Podcast. Marketing Experiments is an internet marketing research laboratory. The web clinic you are about to hear was broadcast live to an international audience of marketing professionals. Sign up to be invited to future web clinics, as well as gain access to all of our online marketing research at marketingexperiments.com. All right. Thank you very much, Luke. Uh, it's a pleasure to uh, have you jump in on the call. We've got hundreds of marketers. I'm kind of watching them come in right now. We've got lots of marketers jumping online from all over the world. Uh, another marketing experience web clinic today. Uh, if, if you're new to these clinics, uh, what we want to do here is we want to ask questions. We want to uh, raise questions about marketing collateral, uh, marketing strategy, and put them to the test. Uh, last week, we were looking at uh, calls to action and email copy. The week before that, we were looking at uh, columns. How many columns should you have on a web page? This week, we've got a very interesting question, a question we often get when we're interacting with, uh, with marketers on our optimization courses. Uh, a really focused question. It's not a broad question. It's a real specific question. Radio buttons versus drop-downs. You know what I'm talking about in the checkout process, in the subscription process, in the lead generation process. You're trying to capture information about your customer. You've got many different ways you can do it, and two of those ways are you can have them put their information through radio buttons or you can have them put their information through drop-downs. And the question is, does it matter? Which is more effective and, and when? When should you use radio buttons versus when should you use drop-downs? Uh, many people may tell you you should use radio buttons, or many people tell, may tell you you should use drop-downs. We're not satisfied with that. I know you're not satisfied with that. At the end of the day, we don't want to debate it. We don't want to discuss it. We want to test it. We really want to let the customer tell us which one is more effective. And so we have done that, and particularly for a group today, uh, in which knowing which one actually produced a 15% increase uh, in, in conversion. So it's a very interesting test, a very focused topic. I hope you find it really valuable. As Luke mentioned earlier, uh, we want to make this a conversation. I, we don't just want to be, uh, you know, this is why we do it live. We don't just want to be sharing information with you. We want you participating with us. We're going to be asking you questions, getting you to vote, uh, you know, getting you to make suggestions. At the end of the day, we want to put you in the seat that our very analysts were in when they ran this experiment. So to interact with us, there's two ways you can do that. First, you can use GoToWebinar. I have a team, an entire team standing by, monitoring. In fact, I can see the questions as they come in. You can just test out right now your GoToWebinar question and answer feature right there. I can see questions as they're coming in. If you have a question during this presentation, don't hesitate to ask. Also, you might want to tune into hashtag WebClinic. That's kind of where the public conversation is going on. We will be releasing key links and key uh, information reports through that channel. So uh, if you hear me reference something, you want to get more information, that's where you can find it. Also, I'm monitoring those. So you can submit your questions, make your comments through hashtag WebClinic. I'm joined by an awesome panel today. Uh, my name is Austin McCraw. Uh, I've got John Powell with me. Many of you know who John Powell is. He's on these clinics often. Uh, he's going to be joining us because later today we're hopefully going to be uh, looking at your very own pages. So not only are we going to review, you know, reveal uh, a really neat experiment with you, but hopefully we can take some of the discoveries we've made and begin applying them to your own pages. Look forward to that. We also have Lauren Pitchford here in the office. She's an optimization manager here in the group. She's going to be, uh, in particular, walking us through uh, the key case study in this uh, in this web clinic. So uh, that is who is going to be joining me today. And without further ado, I want to dive straight into the test. And to do that, I'm going to invite Lauren Pitchford up to the stage right now. Lauren? Thank you. So 
So today we're going to talk about a really interesting test. Um, I actually got to help run this test, and I was really excited because we got to test something, radio buttons versus drop downs, like you said, something where, where we ask the question a lot. And I was even more excited when the test actually validated. And so we could use this and uh, share our results with you guys. So it was a test for a military personnel um, research, or I'm sorry, a records database. So very similar to Ancestry.com, but they're focused only on military records. And the goal was to increase the number of subscriptions or orders. And so our research question was, which subscription option format is going to produce the highest number of orders, the drop-down or the radio buttons? So here you can see our first treatment, which is the radio button treatment. On the left, we have value, uh, but we really want to focus on the form on the right hand here. So you can see all the different radio buttons, four different options. We've got a monthly price, and we've also got a total price. And then treatment two is your drop-down. So we have all the same information, uh, just reformatted uh, a little bit differently in the form of the drop-down. So you can kind of see here uh, between the two, you can see this, the treatment two is perceived as a shorter form because of that drop-down. So, so, Lauren, let me stop you right here. So, audience, you see these two versions. Let's get them up side by side on the screen. So, you can see the two versions here. You have, and this is a classic example, classic question we get. I mean, none of the, the, the information really isn't changing. The structure of the product isn't changing. It's still one month, three months, six months, 12 months. The price breaks are the same. The question is, which is the best way to display this information? And so, so let me let me ask. Go ahead. Okay. I was going to give them the answer. Oh wait, no, no, don't don't give them the answer quite yet. I want to actually test their marketing intuition. So, audience, you know how this works, okay? Tell me which of these do you think will actually outperform, or which of these do you think will, will will produce a greater response? The radio buttons or the drop downs? I see your answers coming in. I see radio buttons. Radio buttons drop down. No idea. Thanks for your <laughs> honesty. I see. It looks like. I see a good split here. Radio, yeah. drop down, drop down, radio, radio. I like one, but two is probably greater response. <laughs> Thanks, Penny, for that. Uh, drop down, radio. So you guys, it looks like we're not seeing a major swing one way or the other. It looks like there's a decent split between the audience, between radio and drop down. Let me just say, this is a common, I mean, if you were to put us all into a marketing room and discussing, do we do radio buttons, do we do drop downs, uh, we would be split, we'd be torn. So at the end of the day, we want to test. And so Lauren, uh, we tested this, and what were the results? Now I get, I get to tell them? Tell them the results. It was a 15% increase for treatment one, the radio buttons. So here you can see the two back-to-back -back again. And the radio buttons got that 15% increase. So a 15% increase. Thank you, Lauren, very much. Mm -hmm. Appreciate it. So 15% increase in order rate for the radio buttons. I'll go back to those numbers. Look at those for a minute. Order rate, 11.7% for radio buttons versus a 10.69%. A statistical uh, confidence of 92%. Uh, percent. And just so you guys know... Um, Every single test that we're running, every single test that we show here is, is, is statistically validated. We have a whole team of statisticians that are, that are looking at these numbers. Uh, normally, we, we validate them at a 95% level of confidence. This one was a 92% level of confidence, which is, which is pretty solid, which is pretty strong, at least for business decisions. So interesting results here. My question to you, audience, is this. Why? All right, so you just saw a test. 
<laughs> Paul, that's really fun. Paul predicted I was going to say why. My question for you is, is, is exactly that, Paul. Why? And this is, and this is the, the, kind of the, the circumstance that we're put in here as marketers. right? We just ran a test. Why? I mean, in, in all seriousness, the hypothesis for this was by going to a drop-down, we could actually decrease the length of the form substantially. And I could show you those pages side by side, but if you look at the form, we actually decrease the length. I mean, doesn't uh, shorter forms, don't, doesn't that outproduce or do, doesn't it increase conversion to reduce the length of the page? So my question is why? And I see your responses, and I, I just kind of want to walk you through some key principles, Okay. There's, before I go into why too much, there's a fundamental principle, an assumption here that we've made in this test. Okay? And it's this. And this is really, and it just ground the conversation in this point. One of the most effective ways to improve the performance of a web page is to reduce what we call friction or psychological resistance. Many of you out there uh, have heard the term friction. Many of you are thinking, my goodness. By shortening a page, we can reduce friction, so why didn't this outperform? And I'd say that's a, that's a legitimate question. Because generally, when you shorten things, you improve conversion. Generally, when you minimize the number of options, you're, you're going to increase conversion. I'll just show you with some examples of that. Now, we define friction a little bit different, right? So friction isn't so much just something you have on your page. It's something that's going on in the mind of the customer. So friction is psychological resistance. And we just need to get that under our belt of understanding. Many of you have taken our courses. You've heard us talk about friction. So you're very much familiar with this term. Uh, for those of you who haven't, here's just a kind of a, a, a quick overview of what we mean by the term friction. If you want to learn more, there's a course there for it. And then we show examples of where we do this all the time. In fact, we say often that the quickest way to get a, like a significant lift on a page is to reduce friction, and particularly in the checkout process or in the subscription process. So you go from a page like this that has this many forms and you just reduce it. Or you, you, know, you, you, you decrease the perceived length of it and you, you see an increase of maybe 40%. Or take a page like this, which has radio buttons, and by removing them altogether, you see something like a 189% increase in conversion. This should be pretty intuitive. The test we just showed you is somewhat counterintuitive, but I'm just laying the groundwork here and explaining what we mean by the term friction. But here we go. Here's a real simple one where we just changed one form field, and yet it was a part of a test that generated a 201% increase in capture rate. So my question is, why? Right? If we see all these results with other tests, we're reducing the length of the checkout process, reducing friction, increases conversion, why? And here's the, here's the second point. And this is, this is really getting to that question. And some of you, as you were giving me your, your answers to why, began to touch on this. But here it is. Number two, you need to understand this. So yes, we can improve the performance of a web page by reducing friction, but one of the, this is a common mistake we see. Often in our attempts to minimize friction, particularly length-oriented friction, we undermine the conversation that we're actually having with the customer. So we can actually go about trying to, in, 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 in good, with, with good motives, go and try to reduce the friction on a page, reduce the length of a page, but in the process actually undermine the actual conversation we're trying to improve. And we do this in two ways. And, and we can see both of these ways in this test, from going from radio buttons to drop-downs. First one is this. Yeah, we reduce the length-oriented friction, but in doing so, we actually intensified the difficulty-oriented friction. 
Now, I don't have a whole lot of time to go in and explain the difference between length and difficulty and show you an example of length, an example of difficulty, etc. But I do want to say this. Oftentimes, as marketers, we think, when we hear the word friction, many of us have heard it, we think of things like long pages. We think of things like many form fields. We think of things like 20 checkout process, and we go, that's friction. But I'm telling you right now, there's more to friction than just length. In fact, we, we often call it here around the labs, we call the silent killer of conversion. And it's this difficulty-oriented friction. And you don't necessarily uh, see it on the page. It's harder to detect on the page because it's, it's, uh, it's, it's related to effort. It's related to what you're requiring the customer to do. The best way I can think of it, and I'll go ahead and put this slide up. You don't have to understand this heuristic, but essentially in our courses we break friction into two components, length-oriented friction and difficulty-oriented friction. And you can see examples of difficulty-oriented friction on the right-hand side here. Things like the eye path of the page, the number of options, even something as like design of a button can actually hurt or make things more difficult. The organization of the page, video, video oftentimes has, is loaded with difficulty, difficulty-oriented friction that putting on the page can actually reduce conversion. It might reduce the length of the page, but it actually can increase the difficulty of the page. The best way to think about it for me, uh, the way I've kind of described it as I've gone around and taught different places has been kind of helpful, is think about it in terms of, of running. All right? We're making a category difference between two different types of resistance. Uh, and so, for instance, length, let's say I, I, if, if, if I'm running a 100-yard dash and I increase the length-oriented friction of that, I take the 100-yard dash and I make it 200 yards. That's how I increase the length there in terms of friction. Now, difficulty, how would I increase difficulty in that example? Not so much by increasing the length, but actually maybe putting obstacles on the, on the track, giving hurdles to have to jump over. And so one of the dangers that we do is even as we reduce the length, we might actually be unknowingly putting some hurdles in the process. Let me show you an example of how this happened in this test. So here we are. by moving. So you have the radio buttons and you have the drop-downs. Now, what hurdle did we introduce by shrinking the page, reducing, I mean, that you can see the difference in the length. Well, here's the hurdle. You actually now, you can't see all the options at once. You actually now have to click the drop-down, scan the options, and honestly, they're, they're, they're smaller text, they're harder to read, you're having to squint and click, and that, believe it or not, is a hurdle that can actually impact conversion drastically. It's a huge piece. Uh, so, so as we're reducing friction, it's not just shorter is better or even things like move the call to action to the top of the page or simplify is, is, is always better. No, because sometimes in our process to actually reduce things, we can actually make things more complex, at, you know, making the customer go through more hoops. Let me show you another example. This is a classic example. So here we have a shopping cart. I just want this to sink in, okay, because we make this mistake often. Here we have a shopping cart, and you see three pages, typical shopping cart. Page one, they've got to fill out this information about their delivery address. Page two, they've got to confirm their order. And in page three, you have the ability to create a password and login information. You have all these three pages. They're all broken up into separate steps. And so what's common today is now we actually take these and we build them into a single page that has more of an accordion, blow-up, expanding kind of nature. So that's what we did here. We tested this. There it is. 
So instead of sending them to three different pages, we're actually now having them stay on one page, and as they go, they're expanding and filling out information with this page. Familiar with this technique? See it on pages all the time. We might assume by reducing the length of the process, we'll actually increase conversion. However, in this case, because we actually increased the difficulty of the process, we actually saw a 29% decrease in the conversion rate. We have a whole clinic on this topic that we can tell you. We, we, we broke this test even further, but here's, here's the point. Again, we're reducing length, but in the process, we've added complexity for the customer. Here's another one. Let me show you this. This one's, this one's a really good example. So here's the hypothesis. Here's the control. Here's the treatment. This is a nonprofit organization uh, trying to raise donations uh, for Alzheimer's resource, or research. And so in the original page, they actually make suggestions for the donation. And we're, we're, here's the thing. We're, we're going to actually try to reduce friction by removing that and just make it straight to chase. You just put in the, the donation amount that you want. But let me just show you what we've done by doing that. By reducing friction, we actually saw a decrease in revenue of 60%. And here's why. And, and, and I know intuitively you guys are thinking about this, all right? Because we ha- by making suggestions, we are making it easier for the customer. We are giving them a framework through which to think. And by removing those, now the customer is having to do more thinking. They're having to figure out, okay, what's the right amount to give? So, so we've actually increased the difficulty there. That's why uh, making suggestions actually makes the process easier. Even though it's longer, it's more information they have to sift through. Here's what I would encourage you to do, okay? Uh, in, in terms of trying to, det- I was just in, uh, I believe it was Las Vegas at the email summit, teaching landing page optimization. We were talking about friction and, and, and one of the things that I, I, I told the audience to do, and, and, and I think this is one of the most effective ways to detect difficulty. See, we can see length on the page. It's easy to see length, but it's harder to see difficulty. So what I would encourage you to do, uh, for you marketers on the line who have checkout processes, I would encourage you just to experience them. Many of the marketers on this, on this phone call, just from dealing with marketers uh, around the world, many of you have checkout processes that you've never actually gone through yourself. So I'd encourage you to put yourself in the shoes of the customer. In some sense, become the customer. Too hard, we're trying to figure out what the customer is thinking. I would just say, just put yourself in their shoes and become them. Walk through the process that they have to go through. And I'll tell you right now, you will find things that are, that are difficult. You will, you, will, you will be able to identify the things that cause effort. Oftentimes, you'll find glitches that you had no idea even existed. And so I would just say, go to your, go to your checkout processes. And, this is, and, and so if you're considering trying to reduce the length of a checkout process or a subscription process or a, a lead generation process, before you do that, experience it. Put yourself in the shoes of the customer because by doing so, we might actually undermine the very thing we're trying to accomplish, which is a nice, smooth, sequenced conversation for the customer. So here's the second point. So the first one we talked about, why did radio buttons in this situation outperform the drop-down? Well, first, it's because we uh, had unknowingly uh, intensified the difficulty-oriented friction. But here's the more nuanced thing, and I think this may be a little bit deeper and a little bit harder to grasp, but I think this uh, this is potentially even more potent for it's a greater risk, and I think if you can begin to understand this, it will, I think, revolutionize the way you even look at your web pages. So we accidentally eliminated necessary value force in the process. And so I, let me just say this. All marketing can be broken up into this fulcrum. Okay, what do we mean by value force? 
Well, at the end of the day, as your customer is going through this checkout process, as our customer was, was trying to decide if they're going to subscribe to this military records database, they're weighing out the cost versus the value. Now, you inherently have cost. You can't totally get rid of cost because you're having a conversation and you're asking the customer for something. So your job as the marketer is to make sure that you have enough value tipping the fulcrum and I think uh, I may be doing it backwards to what's on the screen. Yeah, there we go. So we, we want to make sure that we have enough value to tip the fulcrum uh, for whatever cost is remaining. And sometimes by shortening things or sometimes by trying to simplify things, we can actually mitigate the value and actually decrease the amount of value in the, on the fulcrum and actually perhaps even tip it back to cost. So we have to make sure that we're having enough, you know, and, and, and honestly, the amount of value that you have is going to be dependent on how much cost you have. So let me ask you this. This is, this is a deep question here for a moment, okay? A little, a little harder question, but this is a question that you should be asking as the, the marketer who's analyzing this page, trying to understand the customer. How might treatment two be undermining the value in treatment one? Look at that for a moment. I'm going to give you a moment to respond. How might look at them together? There's, it's not a major change, but if you look at that, in what way might we be undermining the value? And what way does treatment to undermine the value? Cost has equal weight to time in two. You can see all the options in treatment one and compare without clicking around. It gets more into difficulty. Per month, cost doesn't stand out. Well done, Amy. I mean, that's, that's one of the things that we noticed here. And, e and even in an attempt to reduce things, we have caused some de-emphasization. So, so let me go a little deeper here. So look at this page. Which price format do you see first in treatment one? Let me ask you this. Looking at this, which price format do you see first in treatment one? The per month price or the total price? Yeah, there you go. Per month, per month, per month, per month. I think everyone is saying per month. I get one B, Daniel the oddball there is saying the total cost uh, he saw first. Maybe, you know, Daniel is used to looking at the smaller print, the de-emphasized copy. But in this case, if you look at it right there, what is emphasized, what you see, the price you see the most. And here we're emphasizing it with size and even in some sense color and when we make it more bold. So we're emphasizing the per month cost. Now look at this one. Look at this page. Look at the drop down. Which price format do you see first in this one? I'm giving you a chance to vote. Look at it. The total. That's right. Total. 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 Daniel put C. Thank you, Daniel. <laughs> See, okay, so most of you are saying yes, the total, if you look at it. And here's why. Because it's point first. And honestly, this is just straight text. There's no bolding. Even if we perhaps tried to bold the copy of the, uh, yeah, the copy or the price of the per month, that might have drawn more attention to it, but we didn't. This is all just straight text. And because you hit them first with the total, that's what they're going to see first. And so by doing that, see, a lot of the value in this is wrapped around the per month price, the discount you're getting through uh, subscribing three months, six months, 12 months. And by the fact that we accidentally underemphasize that, we accidentally kind of move that point second in the conversion process, would actually unknowingly undermine the value. Now let me show you some kind of clearer, easier to see this examples, more common examples. This is a, this is a great test. I love this test. Um, 
And I want to show you, so this is with a group that has a, it's an, an addiction and mental health rehabilitation facility. And at the end of the day, they're trying to get people to submit their information uh, as leads, as potentials for, for, for attending or sending their family members to these facilities. And here's a page. Version A, all right, traditional long copy page. Many of us will look at this page right now and we'd say, you know, this is a really old looking page. It's kind of a, it's a lot of copy to go through. I mean, the call to action isn't even experienced until at the bottom of the page. So this is version A. Then we go and we take and we create a version B here where we have more of a standard. It's a shortened page. Call to action is above the fold. It's more aesthetically pleasing. But here's what happens in the conversion rate. By making that shift from version A, where we have kind of a traditional long copy to version B, we saw a 69% decrease in the capture rate. Why? Because you know what? Believe it or not, the customer needed all that value before they were willing to submit their information. And by moving it up in the the thought sequence and cutting out the, the valuable information on the page, we actually, this is what we did, back to that fulcrum. We have cost on one side, value on the other. We, you know, we basically uh, took value off of that and increased the cost. Or we didn't even increase the cost, but by removing the value, now we're out of balance. Now it's actually the cost is greater than the value for us. Here's another example. We just walked through this in a recent experiment. Uh, really easy to see. Page stayed the same. The only thing we added was like a paragraph at the top of this page. A paragraph that built the problem. Now we've made the page longer. We've added more copy. But in doing so, you can see it right there highlighted. In doing so, we improved conversion by 36%. Now, some of us might look at this and go, you know, let's shorten this page. But by doing that, we would have, we would have mitigated conversion. We needed to explain that value, have that value so that the customer could, could understand it before the cost. Here's another example. This one's, this one's a good example. This is for those of you who have checkout processes, you might want to study this page. I'll leave it up for a while. So going from this control to treatment. We actually increased the number of form fields. We increased the cost. But, you know, instead of just saying membership term, we took that and we actually put copy around that. We explained the value of that. Please choose the length of your membership you'd like to give. There's another one. You may choose prepay for your gift all at once or pay monthly. Instead of just a straight... So we're, we're actually justifying and we're explaining the value at each point of ask. Every time we're asking the customer for something, we're justifying it. We're explaining it. And we might think, you know, we don't need that copy. It's getting in the way. It's too much friction. But I'm telling you, by doing that, we actually saw a 16% increase in conversions. And for this group, that was drastic. That was significant. Final example. This one's uh, really interesting. Uh, we actually added a form field. Okay, we added a form field in the form field itself, even though there's friction, length oriented friction, and even somewhat difficulty oriented friction in this process, in this field. But by adding this process about uh, billing address, the date you want to start and the number of copies you want to receive, that actually began to imply value to the customer in terms of I'm going to start getting it now and I'm going to get it made it tangible for them. It brought the value closer to them. We might think, you know what? We can ask this later. This isn't important. But by putting that in there, we actually just have form filled. By putting it in there, we saw a 24% increase in purchase rate. So listen, let me say this. This is the main point. It's not about simply reducing the length of the page. Okay? You have to factor in, okay, so how much in doing that am I increasing difficulty? How much in, in, in doing that am I undermining the actual value? 
So, back to the question. Radio buttons or drop downs? And I'll leave you with this response. So, which capture technique should you use? In the end, increasing conversion is less about the technique. Sorry if that's a letdown, but it's, it's less about the technique. It's less about it, whether drop downs or radio buttons. It's more about understanding the entire mental impact of the conversion process. Now hear that, okay? Because oftentimes we're going to go to drop, we're going to go to drop downs because it's going to reduce this aspect of the mental impact. I'm telling you, if you really want to make sure you have it right in the right place, you've got to understand, okay, is it making it more difficult? Uh, is it undermining the value? And that's the key takeaway for this clinic. So I am done. I am done with this clinic. What I'd like to ask from you, audience, uh, and this is a part of the process. So we, we, we ran a test. We got a discovery. We even have made some hypothesis that we've shared with you on this clinic. My question to you is this. What should we test next? What would you text, test next? Which way of collecting information would you test next? If you think you could get drop downs to actually work, how would you go about doing that? I'd love to get your suggestions coming through this as we go. Please inform and help us even improve the way we're testing. So, I have limited time, very limited time. We're going to go straight to live optimization. We've talked about difficulty. We've talked about value. What I want to do is I actually want to look at your very pages and I want to ask the question, how might we improve that? How might we apply what we've learned today to the page? And I have John, pa John Powell coming up right now. Come on up, John Powell. Thank you, Austin McGraw. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, John. Uh, what I have on the screen here is... Uh, is uh, it looks like a promotion they've kind of thrown into the deck here. Uh, we have Web Optimization Summit 2014 here. Check it out. Uh, if you like this kind of experimentation, you like these kind of tests, you want to you wanna, uh, check it out. And you see the, the, the link right there, and I believe it is being tweeted as well if you're on hashtag Web Clinic. So, uh, John, let's go straight to pages, all right? All right. Here's the first page. Looks like we have Cornerstones for Care. The primary audience is people with diabetes, and the primary objective is resources. I'm not quite sure what that means, John, but Stephen, Stephen submitted this. So okay. Stephen, thank you. And uh, John, before I let you loose on this page, because I know you'll go loose on this page, I, what I want to say is this. Audience, looking at this page, how, where do you see difficulty and where do you see maybe you could, you know, how you can improve the value force on this page? Give me your suggestions right now. No call to action. Can't tell what the offer is. Don't know what to do. Sounds like we're getting a little bit of some consistency here. John, what do you think about this page? How would you improve it? Well, I, I think our friend Daniel in the audience would love it because there's a ton of really small text. Um, if you take a look at that, and, and now I'm hit with a pop-up, would you like to participate? Maybe somebody could close that for me. Um, I'm just taking a look at the page. Number one, uh, my first recommendation would be to go to our clinic on multiple customer types because right away you're going to get a big takeaway, which is this too many options. doesn't mean you can't have multiple options. It means, right, in this case, you have too many. And because the text is so small, it's very difficult to distinguish. So your biggest problem here is friction. It's where am I at? What can I do here? And why should I do it? And because they're squinting, because they're looking at it, I mean, now I'm going to the navigation. The navigation doesn't really direct me. So Austin, that's really my biggest recommendation is consolidate those options, make the text readable, give them subheadlines, and then even your, uh, your headline, instead of millions of people have diabetes, but only one of them is you, I would say, um, you know, I would start with else, something else, something related to your value proposition. Why should they even be on the site rather than somebody, you know, some other site? And then give them two or three options, consolidate those options, 
and then something that really is appealing for each of those particular categories. Good, good. And, I, and just, Stephen, just to confirm what John is saying, I mean, everyone in the audience is saying, I can't tell what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to click. Not intuitive. So this page is suffering from some major confusion. So just bringing some clarity around the value right. of what you can do on this page. would. Uh, and John, you, had, you outlined the two questions. Where am I? What can I do here? And then why should I do it? Right. It, you've just got everything in this one. Good. I want to go quickly to an actual form field here, for a page where they're actually requesting information. Because that's what we were looking at today with radio right. buttons and, and form fields. So how might we improve the conversion rate on this page? And before, John, before you go, audience. Do you see any way right now we can decrease difficulty or increase the value force? I'm, I'm giving you time to kind of submit. Get rid of the drop down. Good. What would you do with that? Would you make it radio button? Use radio, radio buttons. Radio buttons. buttons instead of drop down. How yes. interesting. But you know, honestly, guys, what I want to be careful here is don't just walk away with a rule. The answer is why. Why would we use radio buttons? Is radio buttons the appropriate thing to use here? All right, John, I see some other things about the button copy. I see an uh, emphasis around the free quotes. But, John, we're running low on time, so tell me, how would you improve this page quickly? This is Noah. Uh, primary audience is homeowners, and the goal is to generate a lead, obviously. So your biggest problem isn't your radio buttons versus drop-down issue. Your biggest problem is your... Um, perceived value. It looks like if you take a look on um, the far right of the page, actually, this side on the screen, get solar power today. Okay, you're starting to get somewhere. Get solar is easy with Sun Pro uh, Solar. So there's probably problems with that, but if you just move that on top before request an estimate and you brought more clarity to what it is that they're getting in exchange for sending their information, you're going to do far better than what you would do. Now, there is one thing that you're doing right, and so you're using a testimonial in the right column. That is something that we found through a meta-analysis. It's probably one of the most effective kind of techniques in form pages. So that's yeah. one thing that you're doing right. But the rest of it, you need to move the value before you make the ask, and then you need to repeat that all throughout it, like on the button, for example, submit. Now, what is it that I'm getting? Um, you know, don't tell Flint that you've got a submit button. He might, you know, go on and on about that. So, yeah. um, but yeah, that's where I would start. The word submit implies no value. In fact, right. at all costs. And even the psychological perception of the word submit, uh, generally we see after test after test is that it actually, uh, it actually hurts conversion perceived cost. So I, I am out of time. Okay, John, I appreciate you coming up here. Thanks, um, Austin. I hope you found that valuable. Uh, if, you, uh, if one of these pages we looked at you submitted, feel free to reach out to us. What we can do is we can give you some of the comments that we saw from our audience, and that would be helpful. What I want to do now is I want to jump to next experiment. I want to I I ask you, audience, okay, before you go, before you leave, all right, next week we're going to be talking about calls to action, what kinds of calls to action. So I want to I test your intuition here before we go into that, right? So uh, here's the next clinic background. We're looking at a large global media company seeking to sell premium software to businesses. Now I'm going to show you five buttons. Look at these five buttons, okay? The design is the same. Everything's the same except the wording has changed. Uh, the first button says start free trial. The second button says try now. The third one says start here and so on. You can read them. I'm not going to read them all to you. And let me ask you this audience, which of these do you think will actually produce more clicks? I'm telling you, one will, one does. Okay, I see a lot of responses coming in. B, B, A, E, 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 
Start free trial. Start free trial. Start here. Treatment A, A or E. Treatment C. My goodness, I don't see any consistent response. I see a lot of discussion. I see a lot of debate. So, audience, do you want to know the results? The results are... Well, you're going to have to tune in in two weeks to learn those results. We will be showing that test, uh, that call to action test, with many other calls to action tests. We'll be asking the question, what makes a call to action effective? Okay, so tune in for that. You have the link here. You can actually uh, log on right now. You don't want to miss that clinic. It's going to be really fun. We're going to have a good time. Uh, I believe before I look at many, we'll be doing a meta-analysis of our research to really pull the key things, the key discoveries we've, we've made in the past decade about calls to action. And with that, guys, I am done. I want to thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Um, if you found this time uh, valuable, we make these free of charge. If you found it valuable, I just encourage you to tell a friend. Also, if you're looking at trying to run experiments on your own pages or you, or you have an idea that you want to test on your own page, we're always looking for... Uh, I mean, these experiments that you've seen on the screen uh, today have come from audience members just like you who have partnered with us in a research project to test uh, really cool and innovative things. So uh, if that's something that would be interesting to you, let us know in the post-clinic survey. With that, we're always trying to improve our clinics, so please uh, give us whatever feedback you can to make these more valuable uh, to you. And again, I appreciate your time and look forward to seeing you in two weeks. Thank you for listening to this recording of a Marketing Experiments live web clinic. You can sign up to receive invites to future live web clinics as well as receive access to $10 million worth of Internet marketing research at marketingexperiments.com. Thank you.